This is day 24 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be reading Leviticus chapters 3 through 6 and Psalm chapter 24. Lord God, have mercy on your people today. Show us compassion from heaven, Lord. We are so often lost and wandering about like sheep, and we are rightly called sheep because we need our chief shepherd. Lord, you are our guide. You are our provider. You are our protector. And we try so often to fight that. And I don't know why, Lord. It hurts to know that our flesh is against you. And yet our spirit is willing to serve you. And there's constantly a war going on in our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to overcome these obstacles. Give us the strength to see the truth. To see the reality for what it is that you are for us and not against us, and that we are not to be trusted. We cannot exalt ourselves over you, because you are perfect, and we are not. And yet so often we don't recognize that. So often in our immaturity and in our foolishness, we exalt ourselves to a level we don't belong. Help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Help us in the areas where we are struggling so that we can see you clearly and be driven toward your purpose. As we enter into your word, help us to be humbled in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if his offering is a sacrifice of peace offerings, if he is going to offer out of his herd, whether male or female, he shall offer it without defect before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slay it at the doorway of the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood around on the altar. From the sacrifice of the peace offerings, he shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Then Aaron's sons shall offer it up in smoke on the altar on the burnt offering, which is on the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. But if his offering for a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord is from the flock, he shall offer it, male or female, without defect. If he is going to offer a lamb for his offering, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and slay it before the tent of meeting. And Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. From the sacrifice of peace offerings, he shall bring as an offering by fire to the Lord its fat, the entire fat tail, which he shall remove close to the backbone, and the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Then the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar as food, an offering by fire to the Lord. Moreover, if his offering is a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, 
and he shall lay his hand on its head, and slay it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around on the altar. From it he shall present his offering as an offering by fire to the Lord, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. The priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar as food, an offering by fire for a soothing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. It is a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwellings. You shall not eat any fat or any blood. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally in any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and commits any of them, if the anointed priest sins so as to bring guilt on the people, then let him offer to the Lord a bull without defect as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He shall bring the bull to the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the bull and slay the bull before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to take some of the blood of the bull and bring it to the tent of meeting. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of the blood seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. The priest shall also put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense, which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. And all the blood of the bull he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove from it all the fat of the bull of the sin offering, the fat that covers the entrails, and all the fat which is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them, which is on the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which he shall remove with the kidneys. Just as it is removed from the ox of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest is to offer them up in smoke on the altar of burnt offering. But the hide of the bull, its entrails, and its refuse, that is, all the rest of the bull, he is to bring out to a clean place outside the camp, where the ashes are poured out, and burn it on wood with fire. Where the ashes are poured out, it shall be burned. Now if the whole congregation of Israel commits error, and the matter escapes the notice of the assembly, and they commit any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and they become guilty, when the sin which they have committed becomes known, then the assembly shall offer a bull of the herd for a sin offering and bring it before the tent of meeting. Then the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bull before the Lord, and the bull shall be slain before the Lord. Then the anointed priest is to bring some of the blood of the bull to the tent of meeting, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. He shall put some of the blood on the horns of the altar, 
which is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. And all the blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the doorway of the tent of meeting. He shall remove all its fat from it and offer it up in smoke on the altar. He shall also do with the bull, just as he did with the bull of the sin offering. Thus he shall do with it. So the priest shall make atonement for them, and they will be forgiven. Then he is to bring out the bull to a place outside the camp and burn it as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins and unintentionally does any one of all the things which the Lord his God has commanded not to be done, and he becomes guilty, if his sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a male without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the male goat and slay it in the place where they slay the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering. All its fat he shall offer up in smoke on the altar, as in the case of the fat of the sacrifice of peace offerings. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to his sin, and he will be forgiven. Now, if any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, and becomes guilty, if his sin which he has committed is made known to him, then he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without defect, for his sin which he has committed. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slay the sin offering at the place of the burnt offering. The priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all its fat, just as the fat was removed from the sacrifice of peace offerings and the priest shall offer it up in smoke on the altar for a soothing aroma to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he will be forgiven. But if he brings a lamb as his offering for a sin offering, he shall bring it, a female without defect. He shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they slay the burnt offering. The priest is to take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and all the rest of its blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar. Then he shall remove all its fat, just as the fat of the lamb is removed from the sacrifice of the peace offerings, and the priest shall offer them up in smoke on the altar on the offerings by fire to the Lord. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him in regard to his sin which he has committed, and he will be forgiven. Now, if a person sins after he hears a public adjuration to testify 
when he is a witness, whether he has seen or otherwise known. If he does not tell it, then he will bear his guilt. Or, if a person touches any unclean thing, whether a carcass of an unclean beast, or the carcass of unclean cattle, or a carcass of unclean swarming things, though it is hidden from him, and he is unclean, then he will be guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, of whatever sort his uncleanness may be with which he becomes unclean, and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to know it, he will be guilty. Or if a person swears thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, in whatever manner a man may speak thoughtlessly with an oath, and it is hidden from him, and then he comes to know it, he will become guilty in one of these. So it shall be, when he becomes guilty in one of these, that he shall confess that in which he has sinned. He shall also bring his guilt offering to the Lord for his sin which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin. But if he cannot afford a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord his guilt offering for that in which he has sinned, two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. He shall bring them to the priest, who shall offer first that which is for the sin offering and shall nip its head at the front of its neck, but he shall not sever it. He shall also sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar, while the rest of the blood shall be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. The second he shall then prepare as a burnt offering according to the ordinance. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf for his sin, which he has committed, and it will be forgiven him. But if his means are insufficient for two young turtle doves or two young pigeons, then for his offering, for that which he has sinned, he shall bring the tenth of an ephah of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall not put oil on it or place incense on it for it is a sin offering. He shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it as its memorial portion and offer it up in smoke on the altar with his offerings of the Lord by fire. It is a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin which he has committed from one of these, and it will be forgiven him. Then the rest shall become the priests, like the grain offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, If a person acts unfaithfully and sins unintentionally against the Lord's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord, a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation in silver by shekels, in terms of the shekel of the sanctuary, for a guilt offering. He shall make restitution for that which he has sinned against the holy thing, and shall add to it a fifth part of it, and give it to the priest. The priest shall then make atonement for him 
with the ram of the guilt offering, and it will be forgiven him. Now if a person sins and does any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, though he is unaware, still he is guilty and shall bear his punishment. He is then to bring to the priest a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation, for a guilt offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his error, in which he sinned unintentionally and did not know it, and it will be forgiven him. It is a guilt offering. He was certainly guilty before the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When a person sins and acts unfaithfully against the Lord, and deceives his companion in regard to a deposit or a security entrusted to him, or through robbery, or if he has extorted from his companion, or has found what was lost and lied about it and sworn falsely, so that he sins in regard to any one of the things a man may do, then it shall be, when he sins and becomes guilty, that he shall restore what he took by robbery, or what he got by extortion, or the deposit which was entrusted to him, or the lost thing which he found, or anything about which he swore falsely. He shall make restitution for it in full, and add to it one-fifth more. He shall give it to the one to whom it belongs on the day he presents his guilt offering. Then he shall bring to the priest his guilt offering to the Lord, a ram without defect from the flock, according to your valuation, for a guilt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he will be forgiven for any one of the things which he may have done to incur guilt. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law for the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself shall remain on the hearth on the altar all night until the morning, and the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. The priest is to put on his linen robe, and he shall put on undergarments next to his flesh, and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire reduces the burnt offering on the altar, and place them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, and put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. But the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. He shall lay out the burnt offering on it and offer up in smoke the fat portions of the peace offerings on it. Fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar. It is not to go out. Now this is the law of the grain offering. The sons of Aaron shall present it before the Lord in front of the altar. Then one of them shall lift up from it a handful of the fine flour of the grain offering, with its oil and all the incense that is on the grain offering. And he shall offer it up in smoke on the altar, a soothing aroma, as its memorial offering to the Lord. What is left of it, Aaron and his sons are to eat. It is to be eaten as unleavened cakes in a holy place. 
They are to eat it in the court of the tent of meeting. It shall not be baked with leaven. I have given it as their share for my offerings by fire. It is most holy, like the sin offering and the guilt offering. Every male among the sons of Aaron may eat it. It is a permanent ordinance throughout your generations, from the offerings by fire to the Lord. Whoever touches them will become consecrated. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is the offering which Aaron and his sons are to present to the Lord on the day when he is anointed. The tenth of an ephah of fine flour is a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. It shall be prepared with oil on a griddle. When it is well stirred, you shall bring it. You shall present the grain offering in baked pieces as a soothing aroma to the Lord. The anointed priest who will be in his place among his sons shall offer it. By a permanent ordinance, it shall be entirely offered up in smoke to the Lord. So every grain offering of the priest shall be burned entirely. It shall not be eaten. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is slain, the sin offering shall be slain before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest who offers it for sin shall eat it. It shall be eaten in a holy place, in the court of the tent of meeting. Anyone who touches its flesh will become consecrated, and when any of its blood splashes on a garment in a holy place, you shall wash what was splashed on. Also, the earthenware vessel in which it was boiled shall be broken, and if it was boiled in a bronze vessel, then it shall be scoured and rinsed in water. Every male among the priests may eat of it. It is most holy. But no sin offering of which any of the blood is brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. Psalm 24, a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory.
Salah. Okay, there's really not a whole lot to talk about today in Leviticus, but I will briefly go over what we're looking at today and move on to the psalm. In chapter 3, it encompasses the peace offering. The peace offering is a sacrifice that is designed for fellowship with God, or to demonstrate happiness with God or with other men. So really, in a sense, this offering is an offering of joy. It is an offering of gladness. It is appreciating who God is and the prosperity that he has brought. So this is not a sacrifice that is to be done because you're guilty of something. This is one that you willfully bring to the temple because you desire to honor God. So that is what this peace offering is designed to do. Now, if you go to chapter 4, then it changes gears and it takes you to the sin offering. And as you saw throughout the entire chapter, it is in relation to sins that are done unintentionally, the ones that we do out of ignorance, the ones that we don't always recognize at the moment are wrong. Or perhaps somebody has to call you out on it and make you aware of the sin that you're committing. And regardless of what it is you did, there is a prescribed method for forgiveness in this regard. This exists because God wants you to understand two things. For one is, even the sins that we do in ignorance are still sin. We are still guilty before God, whether we intentionally wanted to do it or not. This one is a big step for people. Because if people can get to the point in the Jewish culture where they recognize that their sin is an affront to God, that their sin, even though it wasn't intentional, is still a violation of God's law, then if they have the heart to be forgiven, that desire for repentance, then they will bring this sin offering to the temple. If somebody sins unintentionally and doesn't really care about it, then that shows you right there where their heart is. So for somebody to step up and say, hey, you know what, I didn't mean for this to be a sin. I didn't mean to do this. I didn't mean to offend God. But you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to bring my sacrifice to the temple, and I'm going to offer it to God, and I want to be forgiven. That's a person who wants to be forgiven because they recognize the severity of their sin in the eyes of God. Do we see it like that ourselves? Do we see sin as being not such a big deal sometimes? Well, it was just a little sin. But in the eyes of God, sin is sin, whether small or great. Any form of sin is a violation of God's character and his standards. And sometimes we don't see it that way. Sometimes we only see the big stuff as being sin, but not necessarily everything. Sometimes even our heart condition, the things that we're upset about, or the things that we tolerate in our lives, we don't always treat them like we should. Do we treat them as sin, or do we entertain them? But in this case, in chapters 4 and 5 of Leviticus, there's a prescribed method for all the different unintentional sins that are here. In chapter 6, 
it moves towards methods that the priests are instructed to do for different things. For how to do the burnt offerings correctly, how to offer the grain offerings correctly, how to offer the sin offerings correctly. Next time, we're going to see instructions on the other forms of offerings, which are the guilt offering, the peace offering, and otherwise. Psalm chapter 24 is an excellent psalm of praise to the Lord, and strangely enough, it ties into Leviticus. Why do we have to obey all of these weird rules? Why does God have all these laws that the people of Israel had to follow? Well, he is the master of the world. He is the Lord of the universe. And whatever he says has to be obeyed, whether you agree with it, whether you like it or not. Why? Because like it says in verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Meaning that all humanity belongs to the Lord. All of creation and all of humanity. And so, yeah, we are subject to our king. And what our king decrees, it must be done. Then David asks an important question. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? Who is able to enter into God's presence? He gives you the answer in verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. So how is it that we are to be holy? How is it that we are designated as being holy? It's through clean hands and a pure heart. Now, this isn't talking about how well you can wash your hands. It's talking about actions. It's talking about things that are external from you. What you do with your hands, how you conduct yourself in the workplace, how you serve your church, how you interact with your families, how you hang out with your friends, all of those things are external. They're outside of you. And so everything that you do outside of you should be right. It should be holy and godly. So it's talking about clean hands being right deeds. The fruit of what's going on inside of you should be evident in your actions. And then naturally, the pure heart being that you are doing things internally with right motives. Do you do things begrudgingly because you feel like as a religious person, you have to do them? Or are you doing them because you genuinely love the Lord and you want to serve him? Do you do things out of a pure heart? Or are you doing things out of compulsion? Only you know the answer to that. But just like in Leviticus, even though the people may not have known they were sinning, God knows. And ultimately, he is the one that we are supposed to please. And so when it comes down to it, it's not about you, is it? It's about God and making sure that he is satisfied with what you are bringing to him as a living sacrifice. We don't have the sacrificial system anymore. We don't have to kill animals, lay our hands on them and slit their throats and pour out their blood to cancel out our sin anymore. Jesus Christ has abolished that system. However, 
We are to live as sacrifices. We are to give of ourselves. We are to take from ourselves and give to those that are in need or to exalt God to his proper place. That is what we are supposed to do in our daily lives in exchange for the sacrificial system. There's no going back from this. So as God's people, we are called to do this. We are commanded to live like this. And so out of obedience to our Father, we need to do it. We need to be obedient to him in everything that he has told us to do in Scripture. We can look toward heaven in confidence, knowing that God is for you. He is on your side. He wants you to prosper, and he wants to see you succeed. But you will not be blessed if you are not obeying him. Now, what does it look like if you are prospering? It's not necessarily wealth. It's not necessarily health, because that's what prosperity gospel teaches. And not everyone is meant to be healthy and wealthy. But anything that you do for the kingdom will succeed. It will have an effect. Because God has also said that his word departs from his mouth and it does not return to him void, or it does not return to him empty. Everything that he says will be accomplished exactly like he says. And he will use you for his kingdom work. That's the kind of stuff that will succeed. Being a Christian is not an easy life. And those who have been a Christian for any length of time in obedience to Jesus Christ knows what I'm talking about. It's not easy being a Christian. No one ever said that if you signed up for this, your life would be perfect and painless for the rest of your life. That is far from true. But the other part of it that is true is that God will offer you a peace that is beyond all understanding. There will be grace upon grace in your life. You will see God's favor interacting in real time, and you will see him do things you never thought would be possible. That is who we serve. And so rightly does David attribute all this stuff to God. Who is the king of glory? The Lord. He is strong and mighty, and he is mighty in battle. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, or in other translations, the Lord of armies, of angel armies. He is the king of glory. He is worthy of our praise and our devotion. And so let's serve our Lord with gladness today. Our scripture to memorize today is going to be Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.